Welcome to episode 44 of the GameSpot After Dark podcast, GameSpot's official Chill Hype Vibe podcast. I am Tamar Hussain, joined by Michael Hyam. Yo, what up? Jordan Remain. Hello. And Alessandro Falari. Hi. How's it going, everyone? Doing the best we can in these times, Tim. Doing the best yeah. we can. I think yeah. the, the appropriate response is like a really deep inhale and then a really long exhale. <laughs> and I think that captures every kind of uh, range of emotion necessary for now. So um, we usually have a segment on the podcast, if anyone is new to it, um, called the Chris from Dayton, Ohio segment. Now, it's usually for newcomers. Alessandro, you're, this is your first time appearing on this podcast, so you'll have to do this. Jordan, oh, you no have way. been on this podcast, but <laughs> I don't think the Chris from Dayton, Ohio segment existed. I must say, I think the last time I was on, the podcast number was still in the single digit. So, yeah, yeah I want to say very so. Heavy. <laughs> so, we'll start with um, Jordan. And the Chris from Dayton, Ohio segment, segment is effectively a summation of who you are, what you do, and what you like. So, um, let us know what you're into. Oof. Uh, well, I am the one of the associate editors on the news team at GameSpot, so you might not necessarily see me around all that often. I'm kind of like mixed into the normal uh, news coverage, but if you pay attention to the anime and Apex Legends stuff on the website, those are kind of like my beats, and whenever something Xbox-related comes up, I usually touch it in some capacity because i'm an xbox boy i have a playstation i have a switch but i am one of those like final diehards in the office who still plays most of their games on xbox and yeah that's i i assume that's everything that you're looking for like like how like how much information what? are we talking like life story do you want like when i was first walking what my first <laughs> word was like what would you say are your are your favorite games like top three favorite games of all time Top three favorite games would be Titanfall 2, Mass Effect 2, and... Damn. Oh, God, this is hard. I really think... Got one more, man. You got I one more. am Dig going deep. to go... Let's, let's, let's just complete let's complete the pattern here. Assassin's Creed 2. All twos. Twos oh, all wow. around. Cool. Great sequels. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> Alessandro, um, who are you? What do you do here? What do you like? What are your favorite three favorite games of all time? Cool. Um, hi, um, I'm Alessandro. Uh, like Tamora said, this is my first time being on. Um, I'm an editor at GameSpot. Um, I uh, basically do a little bit of everything. Uh, I used to do a lot of traveling before we, you know, all went into quarantine. Um, uh, I'm basically the guy that helps, uh, you know, sort of coordinate uh, upcoming opportunities and, uh, you know, sort of. Uh, I, I basically keep everyone in the loop for what's happening or what will happen. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I basically write features. I occasionally write news. Um, I've been in the industry for about nine years this year, actually. And uh, actually, a few days ago was my third year at GameSpot. So, uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's been a it's been an interesting ride. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but uh, yeah, uh, top three games. Uh, the, unless I missed a, a question there. No, um, no, no. Top three okay. Uh, yeah, the original Devil May Cry, uh, Final Fantasy twelve, and you know, uh, Street Fighter three Third Strike. 
Nice. Wow. Those are three solid <laughs> games. I that like that Final Fantasy twelve. I did not know that about you. Oh, a whole new light. <laughs> thought I knew you. Well, um, I mean, that's a it's a great Final Fantasy game, honestly. It deserves more credit, like than it actually got. Um, I'm actually glad that Zodiac Age, you know, edition came out because I think more people were sort of giving it its due. So, you know, yeah, it's 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 easily the best Star Wars game ever created. <laughs> like, that, that, that's that's fair. That, that's that's how I feel. Like easily. Like, um, yes, if, if you haven't played 12, Zodiac Age on Switch is pretty much essential. It's amazing. It's got fast forward. More, more, fast forward. Yes, more RPGs true. need fast forward. <laughs> they they also put an update where you can re- reset your classes, which was yeah. which is a big thing. So yeah. I'm actually interested in doing like a revisit on that game. So yeah, I've I've been like part of the way for it, and it's uh, it's fantastic. <laughs> All right. Speaking of what we're playing, um, Hyam, Michael Hyam, what have you been Yo. playing? I am reporting in on the latest games uh, to hit uh, video game worlds. Uh, so. <laughs> First thing I'll probably talk about is Valorant. Um, I'm in the process of reviewing Valorant. Uh, it just launched on Tuesday, and I uh, I was I played a lot of the betas, and it was a pretty known quantity at that point, and not much has changed. Like the core game is still pretty much what you play in the beta. Things have been refined, obviously the 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 bug fixes, the tweaks, the the like the the patch notes log is huge, uh, and a lot of smaller things to kind of round out the game, but. I mean, I, I, I feel pretty much the same way as I did in the beta. Uh, there's a new map that uh, is frequently put into the rotation. And it's, it's pretty much your standard like CSGO style map. Uh, overall, Valorant is very much like your CSGO style game with hero powers and stuff like that. And that, that's all to say that it's very good. Like the thing about Valorant is that, yes, it's emulating the CS formula very much with very heavy Overwatch tones. But the thing I like about it is that it, it executes it extremely well. It's like really tight. Uh, and that's not an easy thing to pull off because CS at its core is a very precise game in terms of balance and how you play and how you're supposed to play the game to succeed is a very, you know, it's a, it's a very um, specific way to play those styles of games. Uh, and Valorant does it really well. I'm not going to say it like breaks new ground or anything because it is very much borrowing from three separate games. It's just a really well done mishmash of those things. But I'm going to, obviously, I'm going to be giving it a lot more time, uh, come up with new strategies, try out all the new, uh, all the different uh, agents, as they call them, uh, not heroes, agents, because uh, I mainly play like three different ones, but there's an overall, I think, 11 right now. And that's a lot of work before I have final thoughts, but I'm working on putting up a review in progress. Um, maybe by the time this podcast goes up or a little bit later, uh, but it's definitely, I'm trying to hit this weekend to have a review in progress. Uh, so yeah, um, you know, hit me up if you want to know about Valorant. Are y'all <laughs> curious about Valorant at all? Or? It's too hard I'm, for me. I can't play Valorant. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like I, I love CS. I've been, I played, it's probably still the game I put the most amount of hours into. So I played Valorant at beta and I really enjoyed what I played. It was parts of it that I felt like required a little more polish, if you know what I mean. Like some of the sound effects, some of the visual kind of stuff. Like whenever an enemy uses like that fog type, type ability that yeah. covers an area, it just looks like someone's dumped like a, <laughs> like a turd on the map. And it's like, it's oh. spinning. 
Yeah, it and it looks it's rotating. Yeah. Someone's dumped it and then stirring it. And you're like, oh, yeah. that's that's the one thing I'll say about Valorant is that its presentation is severely lacking. Like, yeah. you go from Overwatch to Valorant, from Apex to like any other service style shooter that has hero types in them. Valorant is severely lacking. Like, I go into Apex, I'm like excited about the the, the character select screen. That, like you yeah exactly like you buy animations intro animations <laughs> characters and your title cards and their poses and all that stuff and that's that's a very exciting part like oh i can't wait to like deck out um crypto and like the, the fucking the dopest k-pop jacket uh like duotone jackets and shit like that uh that's that's exciting valerie's got none of that uh, uh the characters it's it's weird i feel like it's like yes it has a diverse roster but their personalities are so like not there that it kind of doesn't matter in a mm. way. Uh, and that's unfortunate, but I am, you know, these games are in the state right now. That's how I feel. But of course these games are always evolving. Um, uh, but yeah, like what Tam was saying about like the graphical presentation, like, yeah, this is made to be a low spec game that can play on old computers. But even if you crank everything up to high settings, like it doesn't look all that different and it's it looks bland and a bit uh like rough but it works is what i'll say so yeah, yeah. functional if not very pretty very functional but other than that <laughs> well, speaking of dated games that look dated also uh fantasy star online too you know <laughs> <laughs> i i got you know pso2 is is fun it's it's good I'm also in the process of reviewing that. That's a little bit up in the air in terms of timing for that. I need to talk to Callie about that. Bro, so, this is like your third review, like back to back or something like that. That's like fourth or fifth or Jeez. something. Uh, I love reviewing games, man. But yeah, PSO2 is, it's gonna, it is messy. That game is very messy. It's like, old. <laughs> it's old, but it, it it's like, it the the quality of life and UI stuff has not changed at all. Like, it's been around for 10 years and that shit has not been touched for 10 years. So you, you go into the game and you're like, what the, f what am I supposed to click on? How do I click on it? How do I access that menu? What is this quest? How do I, I can't join a party until before I take a quest and I can't go like, there's so many things about PSO2 that should, that you would expect to be refined in a game that comes out in 2020. But this being like, props to it to being very true to what it was in 2010 they're just like hey here's localized version of what that was it's fun though um i'll say that much uh but i i it's, do... it's i think i think pso2 is if anything a fantastic example or like a a kind of something to have there that shows you how far mmos have come like yeah. if you if oh, you want to yeah. see like you know that's a good way to do it Look yeah. at play that game and then play <laughs> literally any modern. Yeah, yeah <laughs> big facts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's still fun at its core, but it's it's dated in so many ways. But there is like this, there is this like Dreamcast era Sega charm to it. I think a lot of it has to do with the like the the presentation style and like the character models, the way the environments look feel like a very high res detailed version of a dreamcast era game um i mean that's also because like fantasy star online one uh is also of that time so uh that makes sense uh there are a lot of cool things around the edges but i i think 
I need to spend a lot more time in PSO2 to kind of figure that out more so than Valorant at mm-hmm. this point. Uh, so I'm going to be doing that all through the weekend. And there's another MMO that I'm going to be playing over the weekend for play for all that I, I mean, I'm not going to talk about it just cause you know, that stuff is still in, in works, but man, I got my, I got a lot of video games, man. Yeah, man we got, <laughs> you got a lot going on. Um, but yeah, so. bless you, bless you for making the attempt. Trying out here, man. Uh, yeah. Valorant effort. Um, no, no. <laughs> uh, no puns for you, bro. Uh, Jordan, what have you been playing or doing? I'm always playing Apex. I'm I'm literally never stopping playing Apex. I think like there was a brief period in season one where I stopped playing because there was just no new content coming out. But about a week before season two started in July of last year. I basically just made sure that I played like an hour or two every single day. And that's that's my life. I just I just play Apex Legends and I keep bugging you, Tam and Chris, to write about Apex Legends. Hey, I'm making the numbers, man. Yeah. But I, I love Apex Legends <laughs> so much. It's like one of the most proudly diverse games ever. Like going back to your whole like character thing how a lot of hero shooters are kind of iffy and stuff like that apex legends has such good heroes and such a diverse roster of them and like how many games out there can you just point to that have a roster like this outside of like overwatch because overwatch did it first Uh, (laughs) it it feels very natural to me like i think i I, like we said that in uh the 2019 game of the year discussions that like yeah it's like gibraltar's my boy crypto's my boy um you know there's a lot of women of color included in there too but it it feels natural like oh shit Mm. like y'all are doing it right i think there's some conversations around loba's design though i think um a lot of uh uh, latinx folks are chiming in on the like the authenticity but also the like we see a lot of the uh like that (laughs) we've 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 seen ourselves uh uh in this way many times in media before like it's it's i don't know it's not like a stereotypical uh example of the what a puerto rican but it's media has portrayed puerto rican woman like this a lot (laughs) it it says a lot that you can point out at least one other character who is pretty much the same like when whenever when she showed up Pretty much everyone who plays Overwatch went that Sombra, yeah. and that's that's a that's kind of a problem. Yeah. Like, and also speaking of Valorant too, just added a, a new character. Uh, I forgot what her name is, uh, Reina. Um, uh, and the vampire lady. Yeah, and everyone's like, "That's that's Sombra," but <laughs> it, like they're they're continually playing into this uh, like this sort of criminal esque uh, Latino yeah. woman, and I and it's like, kind of, all right, we've. We've been down this road before. We can we can be a little bit more creative in how we represent uh, the like represent uh, Latino women in games. But uh, but yeah, Apex, go off. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then you're playing Rocket League. I I am. I I feel really bad because Peter was always trying to get me to play Rocket League with him and Rob like before he left. And sometimes I would play, and sometimes be like, no, I I I want to play more Apex. And I have no idea why, but like two weeks ago, I was just thinking, you know, Rocket League is pretty fun. I should 
I should try playing that game again. And I've just been playing it for like a good hour, like every single day. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm back in Rocket League now. Like I, I took a year and a half break and now I'm just back in it for whatever reason. And what a stupidly simple game that is so <laughs> addictive to play. Yeah, it's pretty fantastic. <laughs> I need to get back into it. Um, I played like, we played in a tournament, me, Lucy and Dave Jewett in, in the UK. And mm -hmm. then that was the last time I played it. Like I put so much energy <laughs> into getting good for a tournament. And then once I was done, I was like, oh, yeah, not playing five, this game five anymore. Five years running, man. Rocket League's been out there for about five years at this point. Yeah. And Jordan's out there. Yeah. I think I'm it. just like, Michael, you're telling me all the time I got to play Persona. Jake's all the time telling me that I got to play Witcher 3. And I'm just, I need a break from those really long story-driven games like i mm. i just no, want the no, I, no. I just i want the <laughs> multiplayer games where like i play a match and it's just done in like five to ten minutes i'm like cool that was awesome i'm gonna do that like one or two more times and then i'm done for the day like i can't do that if i play persona 5 royal like, <laughs> you you said that uh what, what did you say it's like oh uh you, you don't have uh or you need to take a break from playing long story-driven games bro you need to you just just do it <laughs> it'll it's rewarding it, you, you'll be rewarded trust me i know i have it it's on my ps4 it's downloaded i bought it it's there i just you'll love it you'll love it, it. <laughs> man no I, I feel you though like the having those palette cleanser type games um ever since i got um uh, project diva hatsune miku on switch i just look at my switch and i, I pick it up and I'm like i'm gonna play a couple songs then I play five songs, then I play 10 songs, then I play 20 songs. And I'm like, wow, now I don't have time to play the game that I was supposed to be playing. Uh, so I, I, I understand, man. Yeah. <laughs> Alessandro, what are you currently playing? Uh, yeah, um, I've actually uh, gone for a revisit to uh, uh, Assassin's Creed Origins. Like, um, I actually reviewed the game like, what, almost three years ago now. Mm -hmm. And uh, as my first time coming back to it, um, I've been playing on PC and, uh, you know, it, it's, I feel like I'm, I'm, I think, I, I feel like I like the game a lot more now than I did before. Like, um, uh, mostly because just, just how much like the setting itself is just, just so fantastic. And I, I still think it's one of the, the best like achievements of the series, Assassin's Creed, like, you know, just, uh, just so much level of detail and craft went into it. And, you know, I'm just like really blown away. It's still, even now, like three years later, I'm still blown away by that setting. And, uh, mm. you know, um, I still feel a little weird about how funky, like the our action RPG elements are in that game, especially considering you can't like, uh, you know, insta kill someone <laughs> with the, the assassin, the hidden blade, like at the beginning, once you get it. So, you know, I'm still sort of wrestling with it in some cases, mm. but you know, I, I mean that setting, man, is just so so good, man. You know. I'm well, uh, our friend Jordan <laughs> might have a little hack for people. I've been <laughs> telling you, people, just get the second DLC, and then you yeah. can just push by. I'm, st I'm still very early on, and you don't I'm have to grind at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yes. I'm still very early on, but you know, um, like uh, I, I I I remember Jordan mentioning that I'm like, you know, what, I gotta I gotta do this because like this is just sort of like becoming untenable. Like you know, just yeah. trying to, you know, basically do the same like sort of actions you would do in other assassin's creed games but you know you sort of like hit the wall of like well your your character doesn't have this particular stat or you don't have this particular item or equipment so i'm like all right like i'm just looking forward to that moment where i can actually do you know the 
the, the DLC missions and sort of like just skip to that, you know, to get that stuff out of the way. So yeah, are you are you finding yourself like consistently stopping and taking screenshots? Because I I also started like a lot of people started uh, yeah. Assassin's Creed Origins again, and I put a lot of time into the game just recently, and a lot of that time is spent taking screenshots. I actually did that when I was reviewing the game. Like oh, I spent yeah. so much time, like you know, like you know, sort of like taking screenshots using that photo mode. And like, uh, it's uh, I mean, just even now on PC, it looks even better than it did like before. So, uh, just uh, I like just climbing up and just finding like a good spot for me yeah. for Bayek to sort of perch himself on, <laughs> to sort of like I can zoom out the camera and just get a good angle. And like, it, it's great. Like, you know, just uh, I, again, that setting is just so fantastic. And also, Bayek is such a great character. Oh, Bayek. <laughs> Mike and I are they yeah. are they are so they 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 be smashing all the time. Like <laughs> yo, like their dynamic is it, it feels genuine in a way that like because every time you come to her and you're like, okay, like we gotta do this mission, we gotta assassinate this uh this one fool, and then they're like, All right, goodbye, my love. And then it's like, okay, we'll smash real quick. And then we're gonna assassinate. <laughs> Kill them. tomorrow, like, smash tonight. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like damn, y'all okay. They're like they're like ride or die with each other. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, they're, really, they're like yeah. Yeah. When really I think good. of like good video game couple, couple like I, it's by a Like yeah, definitely. Well, if you hopefully, um, if <laughs> things segue. Uh, so if things go our way, um, we'll have the voices of by and Aya as part of um, GameSpot's Play for All. They were originally supposed to be tomorrow, but mm. due to some circumstances, we've had to shift it, and we're currently rearranging. So, fingers crossed, we'll have them involved. Um, but yeah, you're also playing Alessandro Streets of Rage Four. I am, uh, yeah. I'm just uh, I've beaten the game like five times already. <laughs> but, uh, with, I, I'm just like I'm just taking control of each character. Like you know, it, the game really isn't that long, so it's not like too much of like a, a time sink. But I mean, it's I mean the, the game just feels so good. Like you know, I mean they the the guys making it, um, Blizzard Cube and uh, uh, Guard Crush, like they just did a great job of not only respecting the original games, like particularly uh, Streets of Rage Two, which uh, the game is sort of like sort of framed like modeled after and on in the mechanical level but also just the the insane like sort of art style like you know uh, i know people are a little bummed out like it's not you know sort of the sprite work like you know genesis style sprite work but it is i mean just the game just has so much personality to it and then like my one of my favorite levels in the game is where you sort of like fight through like an art gallery that's like you know sort of like half destroyed and like you know you see like you know really vivid like pop art sort of like coming like from the background like you know it's and like a lot of neon lights sort of illuminating the battles and stuff and it's it, it's a really cool game like you know I'm, I'm it's easily like one of my top 10 favorites of this year so yeah yeah uh i was like every time we re-previewed it like a couple times throughout its uh uh before its release and every time we we played it at like packs and stuff uh we were all like damn that was that's pretty good yeah uh, yeah, we, it turns uh, out, me, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's pretty good, damn good. Yeah, uh, we actually got to play with the de developers at PAX, at PAX yeah. Eastern. We did like four player co op, and there's that moment where we almost got like like 100 hits. And I was like, I was telling yeah. everyone, get, get to 100, get to 100, <laughs> get to 100. Like, <laughs> We're capturing right now. <laughs> yeah. Come on, <laughs> it was, yeah, I mean, that was a lot of fun. Like, you know, just then I'm glad, I'm so glad they the final game turned out to be just, uh, just amazing. Awesome, and then Borderlands yeah. 3, right. Uh, yeah, I'm playing this game called Borderlands 3. Bro, we, how we, are you still we, playing we, this game? We, we don't have to spend too much time on this. <laughs> Jordan reviewed Every, Borderlands yeah. 3 and Alessandro has played like a hundred times more than Jordan has. Um, Every to, time I walk past Alessandro's <laughs> desk back in the day when we still had desks and we're in offices, I'd see him playing and I'm just like, I was like, 
Why? Why are you doing this? <laughs> now we can't give him shit though, because he's at yeah. home playing it. <laughs> um, according to Epic uh, Games like client, um, I've played oh, no. up to. I'm no, no. I'm really looking at it right now. Actually, um, <laughs> I've played up to twelve days. It says. <laughs> uh, that's um, too much. That's too much. <laughs> uh, just, just really quickly, just really quickly. I just want to say that you know, I um, I admit the story is not great. Um, I think it has some really weird like choices in humor. Um, I can say it's probably that it is clearly the family guy of video games as far mm-hmm. as like, you know, as far as like, you know, what it tries to do with pop culture and like, you know, trying to make some, you know, cute jokes with like, you know, to movies or whatever. But the shooting and the loot drive, loot drive is just it's great. Like that's why I keep coming back to it. It's that's my, that's, I agree with yeah. you, but like, yeah. what what are you doing? Like, what <laughs> content are you playing? Like, are you just grinding hey, with new four characters? characters. <laughs> there's four characters, and you know, I, they each I have to get them all to like a top level so I can you know try to get as much loot as I can. So, <laughs> it's, um, oh, I'm, it's I'm already maxed out with the uh, Flack, who's the last character. So every other character is already max level at this point, but except Flack. So, well, I mean. You know, you do you, man. As as long yeah. as it makes you happy, you know, yeah. I, I am doing me. I'm playing twelve. I played twelve days worth of Borderlands three. Two hundred and eighty-eight <laughs> hours. <laughs> I think that's the math. Yeah, um, like that. that is. Uh, let's just move on. <laughs> I say we can move on. You guys wanted to press this. I know, I know that's that's our fault. <laughs> so I have been playing loads of Persona Five Royal, um, Royal Royal. Damn. Um, Fantastic game. Um, takes a game that was exceptional and pretty much makes it perfect, I think. Um, absolutely loving it. Um, and then I'm re-watching Avatar The Last Airbender because, you know... That's also perfect. It's perfect as well, yeah. And I, I, I've seen that show many times and I feel like I've gone and recommended it to enough people now that I'm like, I should, I should put my money where my mouth is and also watch it again. <laughs> so Have you I'm made Chastity my... watch it? Like she Chastity hadn't watched it last I spoke to her. Is watching it. Um, I'm, I think once Lucy returns, she'll talk about it as well because she's um, currently watching it. I think there's the plan to do a spoiler cast with me, you, Lucy, and Chat and Chastity. Oh, no, Callie. 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 Yeah. Callie, yeah. Uh, Callie, Callie is the first one who's like, "Hey, look, this shit's perfect." <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect. It is. So we'll do that. Um, but yeah, it is fantastic. Um, beyond that, I've been mainly focusing on play for all. Um, which leads us into the kind of topics of discussion for this week. Uh, a lot of stuff has happened um, over the last week in terms of gaming news. There's been events that have come and gone. Um, the biggest one being the PlayStation 5 reveal event, which was set for Thursday. Was that that's right? Yeah, Thursday. Mm. Um, and is now being cancelled. I think... It's not as important to talk about in the minutiae of the events that are cancelled more than why it was cancelled. Um, so I think it's a good opportunity to have that discussion and reflect upon that. Um, obviously, we're talking about the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, you know, there was the awful events around the brutality towards George Floyd and the resulting movement that has come out has, you know, for want of a better phrase, swept the nation. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so the, the events in gaming are rightly so stepping aside for those discussions to happen. Um, so PlayStation 5 reveal event has been, you know, kind of 
put on the back burner. I think it feels like I need to insert a question in here to create a discussion. <laughs> and the only question you can really ask is a bad question, which is, do you think that was the right decision? That's not the question I want to yeah. ask, but <laughs> I just want to throw it to you guys and let you say your piece on what's happening and how you feel about it and why you think it's important because there might be some people who are listening to this that we hope and we know that the people that listen to this um, podcast are are people that support and have open minds and are very welcoming, um, have open hearts to this stuff. But there might be a person who doesn't understand what's going on. So for those people, you know, say your pieces and, and you know, how do you feel about this? What's going on? And the fact that these companies are being vocal, what's it like to finally see a lot of these companies step out and be like, yeah, this is important to us. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's basically just like a culmination of the perfect storm, you know, like all of these feelings and emotions, like it's not like, oh, all of a sudden let's care about Black Lives Matter. Like there have been protests. There have been people speaking out about it. There have been people of color and specifically black people talking about this in our industry and other industries for years and years, long before me. Like I'm the youngest one here. I'm 26. Like my my rage hasn't like festered to like the quiet anger yet. I'm not old enough yet for that to have happened. But just given the fact that something like this could have happened while everyone's stuck at home because of COVID-19, while Trump is president, while it's the summer, so it's really like hot. It's like all of these things have kind of like boiled together to create this like boiling point to the extent that people are like, okay, we need to take stock and really look at this. And I would have liked if we could have like just taken stock and like, you know, we should actually talk about these issues and come up with solutions without another black person being shot by a police officer. But here we are, the conversation is happening again. It's a good conversation to have. I feel like there is an easy like answer to whether or not this was a good step to take. I hope that the people listening to this kind of agree that this was a good step to take. Um, but at the very least, like the conversation is happening and it's a conversation that we've had a dozen times before. And honestly, I'm just worried that it's going to be a conversation that we're going to have dozens of times in the future. But I, I, I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> um, uh, if I may, yeah. Um, just um, a common sentiment I saw was that um, uh, a lot of people were you know, sort of looking forward to the event as a sort of like a break from like a, a lot of what's been happening. Just that even before this, like, you know, what happened with uh, uh, George Flynn uh, and George Floyd, um, um, just... Um, you know, I'm, on one end, I, I I can understand that sort of mindset, but at the same time, this isn't the, I mean, this isn't the time for uh, escapism. You know, I mean, this is a time where we everyone needs to listen. You know, to people that really need to be heard. And you know, I um, I do appreciate that um, uh, that uh, PlayStation, you know, Sony uh, decided that this this event wasn't the right time. It wasn't the right time to do this event. And uh, but uh, at the same time, I, I, I do feel like uh, for the audience in general, I, I do feel like it's important for, uh, you know, as Jordan said, just to, you know, listen to the people, <laughs> listen to, you know, the, the communities like of people that have been trying to be heard, you know, and just trying to, you know, uh, ha have their voice, you know, in the community as well. So um, uh, that on one end, that's why I really appreciate, you know, just the fact that we're just last few days, we're trying to, you know, sort of prop up people like, you know, within our, you know, the, the games industry, like, you know, community. Uh, 
you know, writers of color, content creators of color, like, you know, uh, Khalif Adams from uh, Spawn on Me and, uh, mm. uh, you know, Blessing from Kind of Funny, who's just been fantastic. Uh, it's been really great seeing him sort of blow up and like, you know, really, you know, make a name for himself and uh, even you Jordan I mean you're you're you've really you know oh. just you've been here for two years I mean you <laughs> you've been um just a fantastic like addition to the team and uh, you know just uh I, I think it's important for people to recognize that you know there are people of you know a, a certain perspective that you know that have a voice and you know that perspective is needed and that perspective is necessary and uh, that and that's something uh, that people need to you know sort of listen more to so um yeah, uh, that's kind of what I was. That's kind of what I've been feeling for the last few days. If that makes sense. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, when Tam and I kicked off the Play for All event on Monday, and we had the stream where we we got a really sudden shift uh, towards uh, to support Black Lives Matter with uh, the Play for All event, which I'm more than happy that we're doing. Like, like, yo, we're let's let like let's do this. This is this is like invigorating for for us to make that move for donations and all that and it it was it was a little weird though cuz like i was i was actually down here in oakland uh when i got like the slack message saying hey we're we're shifting we 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 want to have you on uh talk about these uh talk about these issues uh, live on air and i'm like i yes i <laughs> i i think mm. Uh, I can articulate that reason with the audience that, you know, why we are making the shift and why it makes sense and why we should partake in the fight uh, for black justice. And, you know, I mean, we say this many times, like Tam and I are non-black people of color. So um, that's an important perspective to internalize for us because, you know, we like the, the term ally should be, we shouldn't need to say that we should already be allies by default. Um, but we need to turn that into like, okay, yes, we agree that black justice is a thing that needs to be fought for. Uh, and, but we need to turn that into action. So there's a lot of ways to support, you know, monetarily with bail funds for people who are protesting, uh, giving to black lives matter, because that's an actual organized movement. Uh, that's, you know, you'll see a lot of like bad actors co-opting that, uh, black lives matter as like, Oh, it's just like a bunch of, uh, it's not organized. It's just people trying to cause chaos. Like, nah, it's an organized movement and they're making changes. And I say this all the time too, is that, uh, like, yo, if you like all, like, I will not even say it, but all lives won't matter until black lives matter. Everyone's been making like a lot of good people have been making the analogy is that like, you know, if you go to a doctor and you have a broken bone, you know, the doctor's not going to look at all your bones. You're going to look mm-hmm. at the one that, that needs attention, that one that's hurting. Like, yes, of course, all of your bones matter. Yes, that is a given. No one needs to say that. Pay attention to the one that is hurting and support, like, make sure that uh, you make things right there. So that's, mm-hmm. that's how people should feel about Black Lives Matter. I know the... the um after dark audience is uh they're very good people and like they're, they're very receptive to us but uh, i just want to make sure that the folks who do listen to after dark understand uh one where we stand of course but also two if they're ha- if they have any hesitancy in supporting black lives matter and the protests that have happened in 50 states when was the last time that something happened in all 50 states at one time globally too uh you see it 
all around the globe is that people are protesting taking to the streets and there's there's a reason why that's happening and i hope that uh, everyone who listens to this podcast can get behind that uh, you know we're obviously doing a fundraiser but uh and we're trying to use our platform to draw attention uh and that's that's really important and i hope that you know it's it doesn't stop at donations uh it it you know, internalize what you're being, what's, what you're learning and take that and continue that. And then for us, like, you know, obviously like white people, y'all need to keep y'all folks in check and let, let, let them know like what your role is in this. Like this isn't black people shouldn't have to be fighting on their own for this. Yeah. Uh, and then like, even like for people of color, like, listen, Filipino, older Filipinos can be racist as fuck. I'm gonna keep it real with you. Like an older generation has internalized colonialism in a big way and it's a big problem. And I think we need to realize that, you know, people of color can be racist towards black people too. And it's a, a reality we need to face. And for us who, uh, who are obviously like want to fight against that, we need to take that into our own communities. Like we need to, we need to communicate that to our own people as well, to get them on board, to change their minds, to make them realize that this is something that they should be fighting for too. Uh, and not to be racist as shit. Like that's like, it, it's, it's easy, but it's very hard to get through to some people. And like, I need to do that. Like I, I text my friends, I'm having conversations with like my mom and my, my uh, other parents uh, about this. Like, cause I got texts like, why are you down at the protest? I'm like, because like this is some shit we need to do it's like important. why why are you, like why are you pressing me on this like yeah i don't know it, it, it hurt it hurts dude yeah. like i mean like what like what's the there, problem yeah. yeah there's a there's a generation of it's the same within like not pakistani yeah pakistani and like muslim communities as well where it's like because you're not the target you they, they don't feel a lot of people may not feel the the need to get involved mm -hmm. um and i'm sure there's a lot of listeners that have situations that are similar with family members or friends and often it just takes you to remind them of the smaller the the, the discrimination that they have might have had or their parents might have spoken about in their lives that is a fraction of what is happening to black people right now like muslims for example have gone through some stuff themselves and i found it powerful in speaking to my friends and family just reminding them of how they felt in a moment when someone was screaming terrorist at them as they walked down the street in the way that i have had that pain that you felt imagine if that wasn't just a thing that you could walk away from and it stuck with you for maybe a few days imagine if that moment escalated every single time and your life was on the line and that's 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 kind of what has helped break through to some people and it's important for even if you're not colored, to remember that. Those moments of danger that you feel may have felt in your life, you know, you know the, the real ones, they, they pop up in your mind and they horrify you. Like when you remember those circumstances and the context around it, they can make you feel like in trouble again. Imagine if that was your every single day. If that was your moment, the moment you woke to the moment you slept every single day, you were you had to prepare yourself to expect one of those every day. That's no way to live, man. That's and you you owe it to yourself and you owe it to the people around you to stand up and say something. And yeah, 
it's it's just essential. It's not a thing that you should be thinking about doing. You just need to do, and that's made the big reason why we introduced not introduced, but we felt it was necessary to have the Black Lives Matter kind of fundraiser element to play for all. It was something that came together very very quickly, but it was not a discussion. It wasn't whether we should do this. It was how can we do this as quickly as possible, and the result is what you're getting now. It's not as elegant as everything as we would perhaps want it to be. We're still kind of pivoting on things. We're introducing, you know, we started with one donation method, and then we had to kind of fold in another one on top so we could actually track the thing. The money is still all going to Black Lives Matter, and now we can track it. So, and you know. The articles that are coming together very last minute, like Jordan, bless him, he he worked until like 9 p.m. <laughs> to 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 kind of get that article up because the 9 I do what I gotta do, Tam. I do what yeah. I gotta do. I mean, like I was I was there with you trying to make sure. I was like, please, I'm sorry. Like I felt bad because it was on a day that we told everyone, don't write, don't work, do not do anything. All we're gonna do today is amplify Black voices, and that's what we try to do. But in order to do that, the day before we had to prepare an article to show that, to so, show people that we we're going to do that and give people something to read. And Jordan took point on that. Um, and then the follow-up article where we've been inviting people to reach out to us on Twitter and suggest names of black creators and voices that we could highlight. And then we put them all in a separate article. That's on site as well. And you should seek it out and follow those people, watch their streams. They all have valuable, unique perspectives. But that came together very, not last minute, but in a rush. But that's that's kind of what Play For All has been and it, it's what it's needed to be. And we're gonna continue to push that over the coming six weeks and beyond. I think the one thing that's important to note is like GameSpot as a team is diverse. Um, I think you guys feel the same way where this matters to every single one of us and we will continue to push on this and and highlight how important it is for us to amplify these black voices and support black voices and members of the community and black people as a whole. Yeah, um, especially when it when it comes to like black people in the industry, like uh, obviously our audience is going to be gravitating towards gaming uh, and there are a lot of black voices in gaming who have been doing this for a very long time and i've been following them because i mean I, I, because they're 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 great creators but they all like having my timeline full with all these perspectives over time gives you perspective you learn from just follow, like simply following the work that's like the bare minimum you can do is like listen listen to them uh, it might like not everything is going to be about race or LGBTQ issues or uh, things like that, but just their perspective on anything else on games like Death Stranding or on Apex, like Alessandro and Jordan do, uh, like just having listening to their perspective, seeing it and normalizing that uh, if you haven't already is like that's a step everyone should be taking. And that, that's kind of like why I think it's valuable that like, okay, yeah, I like I follow them, but I need to let other folks know that y'all should be following them too. Uh, mm. and, uh, and, and yeah, over time, it's very much like taught me a lot. And uh, I talked to, yeah. to Khalif Adams about that too. And uh, on, on Spawn on Me, which y'all should be following as well, that, you know, it, it's very important to diversify your your 
the, your timeline and people you follow, especially like uh, black women um, in, in gaming, like you got to seek them out too uh, mm-hmm. for all sorts of reasons, but you will, you'll learn a lot and get like valuable perspective on games. Yeah, so. absolutely. But you got to make sure that you like, as a caveat, like make sure that you reach out to these diverse voices in the right way. There's, a very unfortunate trend in I can really only speak to the gaming industry because it's the one that I know the best but I'm sure that it extends to others to profit off of the pain of minorities especially people of color especially women where if you have a game that handles race or has a game that handles gender or anything that could be considered a minority to let someone of color or a woman or another minority to cover this game for them to provide their perspective kind of knowing that the article that they will write though will be insightful will also be the type of article that like the internet being the internet is going to jump on and is going to get mad clicks and be very popular it's easy to see how you can use someone's diversity to benefit yourself and kind of still pat yourself on the back by saying like, oh, I did something good. I allowed this black voice to speak out about this black person in the video game. And that's really not the right way to go about it. The I always tell people like, it's much less about diversity as it is about inclusivity. Like, that's one of the things I appreciate most about GameSpot. Like, are there more ways that we could improve our diversity quota? Absolutely. But it is also a site that I joined, and it's not like on the very first day, Tam and Chris, like, sat down with me and were like, okay, Jordan, how many, like, black video games do you want to write about? Like, they didn't just immediately jump on that for me to cover. It's like, cover whatever you want, and if a story presents itself that ties into who you are, We'll support you when you want to pitch it and critique it and offer our feedback and we'll work through it. And then the article will come out. And that's a good way to handle that situation. And that only comes if you have a lot of people who are diverse, like on your staff. Like one of the things that I've kind of like seen that annoys me, like just a little bit is the aspect that when giant, huge AAA games come out like the go to they they only get like one or two codes given to each outlet it's always been this way it will probably continue to always be this way and they do i assume they do it this way just to make sure that the game doesn't leak or anything like that but by only one or two codes going out to people when it's giant triple a games assassin's creed call of duty last of us cyberpunk usually the people who are going to review those games are the reviews editor, the managing editor, or the editor-in-chief, the people that the site trusts the most to handle those giant games. And the fact of the matter is, most of those people across our industry are white. Like, black people don't get very high up in the grand scheme of things when it comes to these websites. So you have to pull in these diverse voices, but then you have to keep them around long enough and promote them long enough so that when a giant game like Last of Us Part Two or Cyberpunk 2077 comes around, they're in a position to then analyze that game and possibly get something out of it that their white counterparts might not. Am I saying like, oh, there's every black person should have reviewed Last of Us? Like, no, obviously not. Like, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying like, 
just looking at Twitter, you can see that a majority of the people reviewing that game are white. So a majority of the reviews will be from a white perspective, which maybe won't matter. Maybe Last of Us Part Two doesn't look at race in any conceivable way, shape, or form. But it is something to at least consider that are we basically setting ourselves up for failure if we just have the same core group of people reviewing the same games over and over and over again? And you have, you have to attract those voices in first. You have to promote them up and give them a chance if you want things to change. Sure. And, uh, you know, just um, one thing that, you know, I just really um, think is important is that, uh, you know, a lot of these, uh, you know, uh, article like a features about the black perspective you know the they get uh, they tend to you know become more relevant with age like um i, I noticed that um you know from u.s gamer uh, from jeffrey russo about uh, uh black journalists in the games industry like uh you know uh, that's especially relevant right now like just thinking about it like you know and especially seeing like you know just especially over the last few days you know how many just you know the wealth of you know sort of black perspective you <laughs> there is within our industry like you know the amount of writers and content creators there are and you know it, it is you know it's especially frustrating to see that you know they haven't been given that opportunity even though they have the talent they have the following they have their own personal following and you know but it's like you know again it's just in a lot of ways it just focuses on like i guess our our system where you know the the big fish tend to get a lot of the attention or whatever but um but even like, you know, for us, like um, uh, I can, uh, I feel like I can speak for us. Like uh, we, we do think about like, you know, articles like this, you know, focusing on the black perspective, you know, other, you know, uh, groups from uh, minority groups or, you know, like um, I remember our, one of our last uh, features meetings in, in the office, like uh, we were pitching around ideas, you know, it wasn't necessarily themed around, you know, obviously black history month or whatever. It was just in the now we were thinking about our own perspective experiences now like you know it was like you know just um actually an article i thought about like you know i was really trying to get going but just didn't work out for a variety of reasons was you know what it means for a video game to have a strong black lead and you know and uh i touched a bit of, uh, on that like in the past with the far cry article which got re-promoted the last few days and uh, um as uh, jordan said then <laughs> like sometimes there's an article that just sort of picks up Maybe it gets a lot of attention, you know, maybe in some ways you may not expect, but, um, you know, I still feel strongly um, about that article because it was my experience and it was an experience that maybe a lot of people really, you know, sort of wouldn't necessarily think of like when they play a big budget game like that, you know, like, a, you know, that's something I think of and I'm sure that's something a lot of people would think of as well. Like, you know, what is, what's it like playing Far Cry 5 as a black character? And, you know, that, that made me feel very anxious and honestly, after, just seeing how things went last two years, I feel like I was on the money with that article. Like, you know, it was just, it's it's a trip. Like, you know, just seeing how things have turned out. And, you know, um, I, I do feel like one of the, the greatest things about video games, not only the fact that, you know, obviously it's, uh, you know, it's about bringing people together, but, you know, the, the, the level of escapism it can offer. But at the same time, you know, as I said earlier, it's important just to listen you know, to, you know, different perspectives on the escapism that we sort of, like, dive into, like, you know, because uh, I remember with Cyberpunk, like, people were, showed concerns about how they portrayed people of color in that game, and, uh, you know, I, uh, I previewed the game, and I felt that, felt the same way, too, like, you know, I, is this, like, you know, is it doing the right thing, like, I understand it's an extrapolation of our current times, but, you know, I, I mean, obviously things aren't, um, you know, 
things, um, I, it's important to have like a different perspective in the, the making of the games as well. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I wish, you know, uh, developers would keep that in mind, but, you know, I feel like the only way to do that is to have more people of color, you know, women especially more women especially you know to be able to have their experiences with the games that we spend so much time with you know heard and you know and uh, you know just and again like you know, for our listeners like you know i you know the, our desire to have more of these you know sort of experiences is there it's just you know again just um it's a uh, it's it's very tricky trying to you know trying to you know be able to bring in enough people you know just mm -hmm. to find the right opportunities to do it so um yeah i mean it's a yeah i i sorry i i was saying this uh just recently in light of this is very inside baseball but uh in light of a certain tweet uh i will say straight up that you know i i think that you know the at least how i feel is that the root of the problem or a one of the roots of the problem is that we don't have um black and people of color uh, in decision-making positions. Now, I'm not saying that we should be made bosses straight up. I'm not saying that we need to be like, executives. Please don't make me a boss. Yeah, I was like, say, yo, I can barely handle my shit. Please don't make me in charge of other people's shit. Uh, but what I'm, what I'm trying to say with that is that we, we see a lot of like, as, as well-intentioned as it might be, we see messages fucked up all the time. Uh, at its core and people get dragged for them and they face the consequences because uh, because of that um, and the root of the problem is that you don't have people with perspective uh, in decision making positions uh, and like I said I want well I want to be boss but what I mean by that is that we need to be in on those conversations we need to be able to influence how those things are communicated so y'all don't fuck it up uh, and you come from a, a a genuine place rather than being like oh I, i'm white i i have a, I'm, I'm so ignorant please educate me like no that's that's you shouldn't be saying that bro like you you should be proactive in that yeah. and we can be the ones to tell you like no don't say that don't say that this is do this first all right yeah. have this like think about this first and if we're in the room with those conversations uh then it would do it would do them a lot of favors, man. It's like um, a 30 second conversation. Yeah. Like just be right. like, hey, is this a good idea to do? We'll look at it and be like, like no, no, or yeah, sure. You can probably do that. I think the, the big, <laughs> the only thing, only good can come from surrounding yourself with unique perspectives that you don't have. That's the, there is no downside to it. Mm -hmm. You learn and you open your mind up to different ways of thinking. And that extends to everything. Like not just decisions that need to be made. Whether you're on a corporate ladder and you're thinking about whether a tweet should or shouldn't go out, that it doesn't just benefit that. It's you as a gamer. We want to try and make this applicable to our audience, which are people that love games. There's probably things happening in the games that you play on a day-to-day -day basis that you just have no clue about. And by surrounding yourself, following, speaking to, reading the work of, people who have unique voices that come from unique perspectives. The only thing you're doing is making yourself smarter, finding new nuances to games that you probably already have played, know, love, dislike, whatever it may be, and then improving games as a whole. It, 
the upside of supporting colored people, black people, black voices, you know, non-black people of color voices is everything gets better. Everything. And the way you do that is by surrounding yourself with them and speaking to them and pushing them forward, letting them lead the way. And that's what Play For All is about. That's what Black Lives Matter is about. And that's what we want to support. And you can do that in so many ways. You can read Jordan's article, it, articles where there's literature on how you can educate yourself about the struggles that Black people face. And there's also links there to Black creators. Everything you need is not everything, but a lot of what you need is there. The springboard is there for you to jump off of. Use it. And then you can please. help you, please. <laughs> and and you can go to bit.ly forward slash gs hyphen blm and donate. That's that's our that's our Black Lives Matter donation link. We're gonna be using it, you know, throughout this six weeks. You don't have to use our one. If there's another one, go and find it and use it. We're not saying we're not getting anything out of this. Ultimately, our goal is to support the cause. If you want to go directly to them and not use our bit.ly link, all that we're doing is tracking it through that, so we know. But go and just support um, the the cause, support the movement, and trust us. Like I'm, like Michael said, I'm not a person. You know, I'm a black. I'm not a black person. I'm a person of color. Same with I am. But everything that Alessandro has said today, everything that Jordan has said today, we all 100% agree with. We're all back, and they have been saying things get better if you support those voices. So do that. Um, having said that, I think we're going to end the podcast here. Ordinarily, we would have a questions, listener questions sections. We do have pod, we have um, questions from the audience and they're great. And they are, they've been sent in through to um, afterdarkpodcast at gamespot.com and also on our Discord channel um, server. If you want to get access, hit myself up or Haim or Jake or Jean-Luc or anyone else that is on the GameSpot team and we can get you in. They they are of a certain tone, though. The tone being they're lighthearted, some of them. They, you know, talk about what stuff you like in outside of games and very much not in line with the tone of what's happening right now. So I think it, it is worth pushing those questions to next week so we can leave you with the message that you should support Black Lives Matter. You should read up on the perspectives that are important and do your best to educate yourself, support those people and do the same for the people around you. Um, Jordan, where can people find you on Twitter? They can find me at J-M-R-A-M-E-E -E for basically just a bunch of stupid anime and Apex Legend shit. <laughs> Hi, <laughs> <laughs> am where you at and what you got uh you can find me and all of my bullshit at michael p Hyam on twitter uh and yeah engage with the things i say or do or don't because i get nervous when people follow me because <laughs> then i'll be like oh damn now i gotta <laughs> shit like it makes me nervous but hey i appreciate it uh but yeah we're follow all of us we're all doing great work play for alls is popping off and a lot of people are putting a lot of time and effort into those things and just everything on site like everyone's putting in a lot of good work so you know it's not, mm -hmm. it's not about me follow GameSpot and all the people around us and check out that that article that uh jordan and uh all of us pitched in to mm -hmm. see uh check out those perspectives that uh you may not have had 
otherwise. Alessandro, where people can, can people find you, what you got? Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at AFILARI, A-F-I-L-L-A-R-I. Um, I basically share some of my articles, but also the great articles from other outlets as well. And um, I should also share a lot of political stuff. So if that gets on your nerves, uh, too bad. So <laughs> um, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's like I said, it's important for you know people to listen to people that you know aren't like them you know that that perspective is important and you know it's more than ever especially so uh yeah um yeah uh, we also have like michael said we have play for all happening with our charity event uh, i've been helping to more schedule some stuff for that we've got some really cool stuff happening like the next mm -hmm. few weeks so um i can tell you it's it's gonna be pretty dope and uh yeah i'm looking forward to the final whatever we're doing with final fantasy whatever in the <laughs> coming weeks so um uh awesome. yes yeah that's it uh you can find me on twitter at H. um currently working on play for all so please watch and support black lives matter donate if you can and we're also uh raising money for healthcare workers for in covid relief um and you, the links to support those are on our sites we will have regular charity streams every day unless there's a press conference that day but usually between 12 and 2 pt fun stuff um all going all the money going towards good causes so please watch and um we'll catch you again next week goodbye peace bye, bye.